In the name of Jesus, who has come to seek and save the lost. Amen. Just a few paces outside of this building is our seminary's nativity scene. And as nativity scenes go, it's a very attractive arrangement of the nativity characters. But as with most nativity scenes, there are some historical inaccuracies. And they especially seem to center on the Magi. For one thing, the Magi depicted in that scene are wearing kingly crowns, at least two of them. And we know historically that the Magi from Mesopotamia and Persia were not kings. Maybe servants of kings, advisors and counselors to kings, but they themselves were not royalty. Also, this nativity scene depicts the Magi arriving at the stable where the infant Jesus lies in a manger. But Matthew's gospel tells us that actually the Magi arrived at a house where the child was. Most likely weeks, months, perhaps even a year or so after Jesus was born. Another popular misconception about the Magi is that they were wise men. In fact, that's the title we frequently use for them. And probably in the eyes of the world, they were wise. They were the counselors to kings. But historically, the Magi were also practitioners of the dark arts of the occult. Sorcerers, channelers, astrologers. They were in league with the father of lies. And so, in terms of the truth, they were not wise as a caste. In fact, in the Old Testament, the book of Daniel describes the pagan magi as fools. But perhaps one of the greatest fictions about the magi was that they were the ones who sought out God. That they of their initiative and accord sought Christ. The reality is the opposite. God sought them. Remember, they were under the blindness and delusion of Satan. But God came and revealed to them the supernatural star that led them to Israel. And then he also revealed to them the prophetic scripture that directed them to Bethlehem. God sought them and brought them to the Christ child. Our reading today from Acts chapter 10 provides us with a very similar scenario. Here you have Gentiles, in fact the first Gentiles in the book of Acts, who come to faith in Jesus Christ and are baptized. And just a cursory reading would make us believe that the Gentiles, or at least the main character, the Roman centurion Cornelius, sought out Christ. But as you read it closely, you see that it's really God seeking out Cornelius. God is the one who sends the angel to direct Cornelius to summon Peter in Joppa. And God is the one who gives Peter the vision that reveals that this gospel message should be given to the Gentiles who were formerly considered unclean. 
And God is the one who is orchestrating this rendezvous as the messengers arrive at Peter's house in Joppa and then bring him to Caesarea so that Peter can proclaim the gospel of Christ, the story of Jesus' coming, his baptism, his life of good deeds, his sacrifice upon the cross, his resurrection. And as a result of hearing that gospel word, the Holy Spirit comes upon them and creates saving faith, not only in Cornelius, but his household, these Gentiles, and they are baptized. God sought them out, not the other way around. Today, many people believe that we are the ones who seek out God. In fact, that's the popular conception, that that's the purpose of religion, to help people seek and find God, to ascend into the place where God is. We even have a term for that, spiritual seekers. And in many ways, other religions other than Christianity really have that as their purpose, that people are enabled to enter into the presence of God, to find God, to find nirvana, to find paradise. Even some Christians talk that way. Maybe you've heard someone say that they found Christ as if he was the one who was lost, not them. I remember as a teenager a campaign that was sponsored by Campus Crusade for Christ. People were plastering on their bumpers stickers that read, I found it. And the it was a personal relationship with Christ. I found it. And yet, the message of Christianity, the message of the gospel, the message of epiphany is not that we seek and find God, but that he has sought and found us, that he descends to us, that God comes to us. We can't come to him. He comes to us and makes us alive. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. The self-revelation of God became a human being in Christ and dwelt among us, came to us, sought us out. And we have beheld his glory, the glory as of the only one from the Father, full of grace and truth. We have received the fullness of his grace and truth because he has come to us. He has revealed himself to us. He has epiphanied himself to us. Jesus summarized his ministry by saying, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And that's precisely what he did. He came to us, one of us, one like us, one for us, to suffer the penalty that we deserved after having lived the life that we could not live for us. And rose again to bring life and immortality to light to the gospel for you, for us. That's what Christ has come to do. That's the message of Epiphany. He seeks you out. He comes to you. 
When I was a parish pastor, our congregation embarked on a building program that included the installation of an elevator. We had three levels, and so we wanted to make them all handicap accessible. We installed an elevator. But with most building projects, there are some bugs to be worked out, and that was the case with this elevator as well. Because the contractor had put on the uppermost level two buttons. Down, that makes sense, but also up. An up button in the uppermost level. I remember speaking with the chairman of the building committee and he said that the committee actually discussed leaving that up button there on the top floor. And the reason, he said, was to remind people that they should try to go up to heaven. Well, that didn't go over very well with this Lutheran pastor, <laughs> that concept. Just as it's impossible for that elevator to go further up, it's impossible for us to ascend to the place of God and into his presence. But thanks be to God, he has descended to us. He has come to us. He has sought us out. He has brought us his life, and his grace. A while back, I received a Christmas card. It depicted the Magi riding camels, traveling to Bethlehem. And the words on that card said, wise men still seek him. Well, maybe on a phenomenological level, you could say that's somewhat true but a deeper and more wondrous and glorious truth is that God still seeks them. God still seeks wise men and foolish, Jews and Gentiles, you and me. God still seeks sinners, all of us. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Amen.